This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Hey everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Jim Lenahan, an editor at USA Today, describes how he and his colleague Patrick Foster started the Dad Rock podcast. Uh, we're both in our late 40s, and we had worked together, sort of like, you know, not far from each other, for maybe at least a year, maybe more than that, before we even discovered we had a mutual interest in music. We'll hear more from Jim in just a bit. We have the hottest record in the world from Jonathan Tyler. It is brand new music, but first, of course, fake news taking the summer off still. But we do have a dumb bit. It's a musical bit. It kind of going to go along with uh, our interview with Jim Lenahan of Dad Rock. We're going to examine why Mark Marin changed his joke, uh, which involves one of my favorite 80s bands with a, another one of my favorite 80s bands. Mark Marin was on back in June, and right after I interviewed him, uh, well, two things happened. The big thing, of course, was he interviewed Barack Obama, and I don't think he had any idea that was going to happen for sure. Uh, he knew it was in the works, but of course, it was. It didn't happen. T- the episode didn't drop. The interview didn't happen until after I interviewed him, so I couldn't talk to him about that. That was a bummer. And then the other thing was, I was down in Florida visiting my father, and we were watching uh, Netflix, and uh, I told him he should watch Marin, and uh, he, I ran out and ran some errands, and he listened to uh, the episode of this show with Mark, and liked it, of course, because he's my dad, he's supposed to. <laughs> and um, so anyway, uh, I said, well, let's watch his uh, special on, um, on Netflix. So uh, I'm watching his special and in the first five minutes and uh, he's talking about uh, you know uh, getting back into vinyl and buying this really expensive amp and he's talking about going through his old vinyl records and he says this <laughs> some skinner some bad company had to do that and then at some point you know like oh that's where i met the guy in college all right so <laughs> then then all of a sudden like there's a lot of bowie and some eno and some frip and then there's like, oh, there's college, there's OMD, and I was a little confused. And, um... and now I'm fascinated by this, and of course, as a lot of you regular listeners know, my two favorite groups are the Beach Boys and OMD. And OMD is a punchline here. And uh, I'm not mad, but I, I, I want to dissect this because here's the thing. I was watching his show, Marin, and uh, like a lot of comedians that, you know, uh, get... TV shows and that are based on, kind of on their life or an aspect of their life or a distortion of their life, uh, it is not unusual for them to take material from their act and maybe kind of graft it onto the TV show because maybe it works better in that way. And that's exactly what happened with this joke. Uh, this was also a subplot in an episode of Marin where Mark goes into a record store and is talking to this guy in the record shop and he's got a stack of records. He's talking about buying this expensive amplifier, but it goes a little something like this. I'm thinking about having a vinyl midlife crisis, so I get the amp, think about it, I can't wrap it around a tree, I can't get in trouble for sticking my d*** in it, right? I can afford it, that's a pretty good checklist for a midlife thing, isn't it? Alright, hey, let's do this, what do you say? Okay, (laughs) what is that? No, no, just the the vinyl guy's been to Peshmo, it's kind of funny. 
What do you mean? I, I, well, okay, so I was a little confused back in the day. I'm secure enough to revisit. It's a problem. So Depeche Mode now becomes the punchline, which is my other favorite 80s group. Now, that I just find this so interesting. Because I think what's happened here is the special uh, was from like three or four years ago, and the episode of Marin uh, was out last year. By the way, feel free to binge watch those on Netflix. Highly recommended. And season three, I would imagine, would be up soon. Anyway, so the special happens a couple of years ago, and I think when he does OMD as the punchline, it's a different joke than what the Depeche Mode one is supposed to be, though I think he, he means the same thing. But to the audience... When he's flipping through that record collection and stumbles onto OMD, the audience immediately thinks, and they're not wrong to think this, it's inaccurate, but they're not wrong to think this, they're thinking uh, John Hughes teen movie new wave uh, OMD, like this. Now, I think Marin is a savvy enough music fan that when he wrote that joke, he was thinking more OMD like this. OMD's very fine genetic engineering from their Dazzle Ships LP, which would have been out, I think, Mark's last year in college. And If You Leave was out after he had graduated. So I just think it's interesting that in the show, they changed the joke to Depeche Mode. And I'm guessing they did that because more people would recognize that, you know, that quirky, dark, experimental new wave thing. And it fits better into what he's doing without Vina as opposed to if he would, you know, because buying all the records that he's buying and then throwing in something that's more of a light 80s top 40 new wave thing it doesn't seem as funny it doesn't seem as interesting it doesn't seem as smart as him buying Depeche Mode or you know more experimental Dazzle Ships era OMD and gosh I wish I could have asked him about that but unfortunately I think it's probably the last time we'll be able to talk to Mark because he's been so successful and and you know thank goodness good for him but uh, maybe someday he'll be in town and I can ask him and pull him aside and say hey about that OMD joke and he can say what the hell are you talking about Jim Lenahan is an editor at the USA Today, the nation's newspaper. He's also the co-host of Dad Rock, along with his colleague Patrick Foster, and you can find that on the USA Today's podcast network. You've heard us talk about it before. It's a great show. Jim was in Cincinnati recently and stopped by the PF's Tape Recorder Studios here at Podcast House for a special interview. Hey, joining us on PS Tape Recorder today, this is a huge one, Jim Lenahan from USA Today's Dad Rock Podcast. Jim, how you doing? Great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, uh, I don't know if you know this, I'm a huge fan of the USA Today. You had mentioned that. Going yeah. way back, yeah. I remember uh, in 1982 when it started, it was only in a few cities, 
And uh, and then it came to Pittsburgh, where my dad lived, and when he would come up to visit me in Cleveland, he would bring a copy, and then finally we got in Cleveland, and it was great. Uh, did you grow up reading the USA Today? Uh, in uh, I think so. I think, you know, when I, I was in college, you know, studying journalism in the mid to late 80s, and USA Today was obviously a big force right then because it had just come on the scene a few years before and was really kind of changing how newspapers looked and read. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Been, uh, and then I've been in, been part of the company that owns USA Today for 25 years. Okay. Not always working there, but at uh, uh, local papers that, ah, that the company okay. owned. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about my job hunt earlier when you came in. Uh, I uh, applied for a position at the Gannett paper here, and amongst my jobs, they were looking for a storyteller and something like that. They sent me an email and said, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of, it's interesting. They've, um, the company's recently gone through, uh, a lot of different transformations, as you can imagine, with the internet and that sort of thing. And a lot of the job descriptions have new titles, different Yeah, yeah. Ways. It's not, no longer just like reporter, editor, yeah. copy editor, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm always very excited when I go to a hotel and there's a free USA Today for me to peruse. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, so you're from Toledo originally. That's right. Toledo, okay. Ohio. Yeah. I went down a uh, school down the road from you in Bowling Green. I know it well. A lot of my friends went there. Yeah. So. yeah. You told that great story on the uh, the 80s uh, dance party edition of Dad Rock about going down there to see Stray Cats. That's right. Yeah. And I remembered um, when I was there, we uh, in excess, we were right in excess in, I think, 1986. And before that, all the buzz had been, boy, the last concert we had was Stray Cats. But that was the year before I showed up, so I did not see that concert. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, uh, Toledo is very close to Bowling Green. Yep. Uh, and actually, where I grew up, um, it's really close to the group of like the south end of town. So um, yeah. I'd make a lot of trips down there, a, a lot of hazy trips back and forth <laughs> in those days. So, yeah. Yeah, we spent a lot of time there. There used to be that uh, shopping center that was downtown. Uh, I can't remember what it was called uh, in the mid-'80s. Uh, and then we would hang out there. We some of the malls there, and then uh, I dated a girl from Oregon for a while. Uh -huh. I have a good friend who's from Sylvania. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I know the Toledo area well. Um, and I remember you you we were talking about that baseball shirt that the Stray Cats had for their tour shirt. I remember that the baseball with the red sleeves. Is that the one you? This had was one that was like black with white sleeves. Okay. Yeah. Really kind of bizarre looking, but yeah. Yeah, that was a great line you had about that taught you a lesson wearing that shirt. <laughs> Oh yeah, high school is a brutal place. <laughs> you learn that, yeah, early on. Right. I'm kind of in our high school. Um, you know, that was, it, it was you know, if you wore that there, that was fine. Any concert shirts, any concert shirt, you know, would prove if you went to a concert, I guess, any rock concert, even if it was a new wave concert, it's, it was some level of cool, I guess. Uh, it was strange. It was funny for that tour. They were supposed to go to Kent State as well. And also on the bill was a group called Roman Holiday. I don't even remember them. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, I loved them. Okay. And I liked the Stray Cats. And there was this kind of cool group of kids that uh, were all into the new wave music, too. And I said, I know you guys don't care for me, but I will pay you whatever you want to take me down to that concert. And then I found out about a week with a week to go that Roman Holiday had dropped out and were replaced by Morris Day in the Time, which was an odd one. <laughs> and I, we didn't get the bus boys on that one. And I said, you know what? That's ah, not worth it, you know politely declined hanging out with all those people but but i never saw stray cats unfortunately i think i saw them i think i've seen them twice i saw that um that tour that went through ohio very early on and then i saw them a little bit later at the ohio state fair oh maybe a couple of years after that um but you know their career they they only lasted for a few years that where was, they yeah. popularity a couple of albums and right. then it kind of fell off and then brian setzer came back and i saw him once oh. though the whole like swing band yeah, thing yeah. in the Late 90s, I think, when that was kind of taking off. And that was actually, and that was at the Louisville Palace, which was like a, you know, pretty yeah. big theater. And, um, 
that actually was really a lot of fun. As hokey as it kind of seems now, like, yeah. with, you know, there was a swing music revival. Right, but, right. <laughs> but I will say, at the time, to see, like, him playing sort of this rockabilly style of swing in front of a big band was really pretty cool. Yeah. Well, by the time they, uh, I was seeing a lot of concerts, you were, yeah, like you said, they'd already kind of faded. Uh, they brought out that one album with Gene and Eddie on it that didn't mm-hmm. do real well. And, of course, then they all went their separate ways for uh, a long time. Um, so growing up in Toledo, you said you kind of uh, didn't really have an outlet to listen to alternative music. So you kind of grew up listening to mainstream music, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, the, the the radio in Toledo was very mainstream. I mean, there was like a classic rock station. And, IOT. Uh, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> FM 104. And, right, um, yeah. and there was, you know, top 40 station, and that was pretty much it. And then, um, you know, I didn't have older brothers or sisters, so I had no sort of, you know, outlet there where they were maybe off discovering music like yeah. other people, you know, would get that influence. Um, and, you know, how else would you hear new music, you know, if, if it wasn't on the radio? And I mean, So that's why when MTV came along, that right. was such a big moment because yep. suddenly they were playing like all these bands that you had never heard of just out of necessity because right. it was like who made videos was mostly like British bands at the time and exactly. so you were starting to hear all this stuff that were that kind of prompted that that like second British invasion yes, kind of thing definitely and um and so that was really fun that uh, that was that was really cool but um it wasn't really until I got into college in 1985 that that's where really my musical taste started to form because then it was you know I was exposed to all kinds of cool stuff and then I really kind of solidified like oh this is the kind of music I've been looking for oh, know, okay man. yeah but, yeah exactly yeah cause I was the same way because I was uh, you know I'd listen to uh, you know music on the radio and stuff like that and I would always I was a faithful listener to Casey Kasem's American Top 40 but I always noticed that I only liked like four or five songs right. <laughs> in the chart and I would root for those songs to go up the chart and the rest would be you know a lot of songs back from that era like if they come on the radio now I'll listen to them but i don't have them in my itunes because there's just no need to have those songs because you hear them all the time so um when you got to indiana you, were you immediately interested in journalism or did you kind of have to float around and yeah I, I went there to study journalism and it's funny because um i was kind of drawn right away to i started working at the school newspaper and i was kind of drawn right away to working on like the entertainment and pop culture kind okay. of reporting and stuff like that and that really worked nicely with you know my interest in music but you know kind of pop culture in general um and so writing for the school paper was really cool because then i got to interview a lot of bands that would come through town things like that although really more one thing that always strikes people as odd is when you work in um entertainment journalism people think that you've like met all kinds of like famous people and you know you're going to parties and you do all this stuff and that's not the case the most of it is doing a phone interview because the people are not yet in town exactly they're they're touring around they're not yet in town so you do a phone interview like a week before they get to town so i'm always like yeah i talked to tommy stinson from the replacements on the phone you know right right. you know whatever so it was like things like that so uh, but that was a lot of fun and that kind of started my career i didn't always work in um, entertainment journalism. I got into more hard news and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, it's always been a, uh, it's always been something I've been interested in. So I know you spent some time in Rockford. I know from the Cheap Trick episode, and yeah. then uh, yeah. So when, so how do you get to the USA today? And then what do you start covering when you get there? Is this, is it still hard news? And then you no. It, well, so what I do now? Well, okay. So I I uh, after I graduated from Indiana, I did go into hard news because that was really what you know the sort of the advice is you got to get you got to work a news beat you got to do that kind of stuff so that's where i ended up in rockford illinois and i worked there for a few years and then i went to louisville kentucky 
where I worked as an editor um, on some different desks, you know, news and sports, and um, and then I launched a uh, free weekly that we produced in Louisville, um, and that was mostly like entertainment oriented. Oh, so wow. that was really cool, and then. Um, then I went to Palm Springs for oh. a year. <laughs> I know a gal that uh, worked in Palm Springs for a while, and then she worked for USA Today in London, but she didn't work for USA Today in Palm Springs. She worked for the local, and she covered entertainment. Oh, cool. And to go to Los Angeles a lot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Just was there for one year, and then then came over to um, USA Today slash Gannett in yeah. uh, the Washington, D.C. area. And so right now, um, in addition to doing the Dad Rock podcast, I also work as an editor there, and I mostly work on the online side of the business now. Okay, um, doing a lot of like special projects. Um, lot, I work a lot in like interactive graphics and things like that. Oh, I'm not cool. a coder or yeah. uh, a designer even, but I work with those people and sort of okay. like gathering the appropriate content that's going to you know power this thing or fuel this thing. One thing that's music related I did that was really really fun was uh, back in the spring. Um, I came up with this idea to do a interactive graphic around music festivals, summer music festivals. Oh, neat. Because, you know, they've just exploded. We're big right? fans, yeah. And they're, like, all over the place now. Yeah, yeah. And so what we, we were kind of looking at, like, wh- how the lineups overlap a lot and how you get a lot oh, of the okay. same bands at different festivals and things like that. And we were, how can we represent that? So um, we, we built this graphic where basically you can go in and um, you can – um, click on like any festival name and it will sort of like show you the lineup for that festival but you can also uh, click on the band name and it'll show you like all the festivals they're playing oh, and it's like this really elaborate in- enormous filtering mechanism wow. that powers it all so oh, okay. I was I involved with all that yeah cool so how does the Dad Rock podcast come about so that's funny because um, so I do the podcast weekly with uh, another editor at USA Today his name's Patrick Foster uh, we're both in our late 40s and we had worked together or sort of like, you know, not far from each other. Yeah. Um, for maybe at least a year, maybe more than that, before we even discovered we had a mutual interest in music. Oh. So I don't know what this is like for you, but one thing I have found is that um, as you get older, there are fewer and fewer of your peers who are like into music. Yeah. And right. So when you're in high school or college in particular, or even like a little bit after college, like, you know, it's very easy to talk music with yeah. your friends, right? Oh, Everybody's yeah. like still into stuff and mm-hmm. following things and passionate about it. Well, you know, as people get older, they tend to, you know, life happens, right? And yep. then they, yeah, they exactly. kind of lose interest. Maybe yep. they still have that interest of the stuff that they liked back then, but they're not really following new music yeah. anymore, that kind of thing, right? So it's harder and harder. And so I got to the point almost where. I wouldn't even like bring it up around people. I just kind of assumed like I'm the only person right. anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm not into this yeah. anymore. Yeah. And where I live, like in, in suburban Virginia, you know, suburban DC out in Virginia, you know, it just seemed like it's just not going to happen. I'm not, you know, I'm not living in like a cool urban nightlife area where people are out doing stuff. It just, you know, wasn't going to happen. So anyway, I, I'm working at USA Today, and you know, literally our desks are, you know. 20 feet from each other, something like that. And I never knew that Patrick was into music too. And so one day I see on his desk, a, he has this Elvis Presley, like stand up, yeah. little cardboard stand. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen desk, this. Yeah. Right. And I just kind of go over and just say, like, are you into Elvis or do you just have that for like Kitsch Valley or whatever? He's like, no, I'm a huge Elvis fan. So I was like, really? So we start talking about Elvis and then we start talking about Johnny Cash. And then we start talking about, you know, the stones and the who and REM and, 
you know the replacements and you know then it got into like new new bands that were into it it was like this is amazing somebody has like it was like literally like almost everything we talked about we had the same interest in wow so anyway so then what that led to was possibly to the annoyance of our co-workers was that like <laughs> every day we were talking about music you know it was always like stop by one or the other's desks and we talk about music and so finally when um usa today back in somewhere around the first of the year there was sort of this memo that went out said you know we want to launch some new podcasts if anybody has some ideas oh, let cool. us know and immediately patrick was like it, it, it was this simple it was we should do a podcast and we should call it dad rock and that was wow. that was really and i just said okay and so literally I, what i tell people is it's the same conversations largely that we would be having anyway it just turned the microphones on let us go wow yeah, it's funny because Patrick, uh, apart from sharing the same name with me, same first name, is uh, we have a, a light connection too. We both used to work for uh, Musicland, although he did it as a teenager when you're supposed to, and I did it after college. <laughs> right. But um, it's funny, the guy that hired me at Musicland uh, slash Sam Goody, I worked at both, uh, he had the same problem when he was a teenager. He couldn't get a job at a record store, until, and then when he graduated from college, he did. So I think when I applied, he somehow, we got into that discussion, and he felt, you know, uh, that I was a kindred spirit, so he, he hired me. So that was interesting. And I have a lot of people now, and uh, my friends from Pittsburgh that live in Northern Virginia, I've got a couple. Uh, they're both, uh, uh, one's a college professor now, and one is a high school teacher. He has okay. a band called Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard it on your show. You've, yeah, yeah. You've played, yes. Yeah, absolutely. our unofficial house band. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Andy absolutely. plays that a bit, yeah. So um, I had a lot of connections. And I also know a gal uh, who used to work for Sam Goody, and she married the music director from WHFS. And I think they live in Los Angeles now. I haven't... Uh, heard from her in years, but yeah, so I have a little slight connection there. Um, now, in the Dad Rock podcast, like you were saying, life happens. You get these blind spots. When I stopped working for Musicland, I had about a two, three-year blind spot, and then mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of felt this longing to get back into it. Um, did that happen with you? Was there ever a blind spot for you with life happening, or were you always able to keep up? Um, there definitely have been. I, it's funny because now that I'm doing the show and we're, you know, um, coming up with ideas, t- topics for each week. Um, I go back and I think about like what music was I into then? What music was I into this year? That you know that kind of thing. And I, th- for whatever reason, like the late '90s. I mean, I mentioned like the yeah. Brian Setzer thing, but that's more, more like, almost like a nostalgia at that point. But like the late '90s were a period where, for some reason, I just wasn't following music. Yep. Like Ditto. like I used to like the early '90s were great. I mean, there was like yeah. I mean that was just a incredible period. You know, when there was a lot of great music coming out. And then I kind of fell out of it then a little bit. Um, my daughter was born in 2000, so I don't know, maybe okay, maybe it was just anticipating that yeah, we yeah. were going to start a family. I don't know. Or maybe it was work, whatever reason. But it's funny because now one of the pleasures of doing this podcast is I'm kind of rediscovering things that maybe I missed out on. Right. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, and, I, and it, it's just amazing to me because I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, like one of the bands that's come up a couple of times is this band called Neutral Milk Hotel. It came up in an episode where right. my daughter who's 15 now she talked about this being one of her favorite bands and the album was like 1998 oh, she's wow. like discovered it yeah. and i was sort of slow to it i was like yeah i'd always heard of them but never really listened to their stuff and i'm like it's great and then um i'm trying to think of what else there was an uh, another oh like slater kenny i kind of like totally missed slater kenny and now i've like rediscovered them so you know there's like weird things like that but um um but i was really into wilco in the Oh, yeah. Late 90s, that when they came around. I got into that whole like kind of alt-country yep. thing. Then. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that was exactly. where my mind was at. And it's funny because Wilco is now 
so associated with the term dad rock. It's yeah. Like the main <laughs> thing. So maybe I knew something back then. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing I, you know, appreciate about you guys, of course, I think, and, and our friend Pat Francis over at the Rock Solid podcast, yep. is everybody and his friend Jimmy Pardo, everybody seems to have better musical taste than me in that they seem more accepting. I'm not the, a snob like I used to be. But still, a lot of stuff. I'm just I always wonder why it just didn't take like you know Bruce Springsteen and and Dylan and and things like that. And I look back, you know, and it, it, and part of it's like we said before, it, that stuff's on the radio so much and you hear it all around you. There's really no need to own it. But still, I don't know why it just just it just never took. And I was kind of a little jealous of people that have that broader musical palette than I do. But for some reason, it just it just never takes. Well, it's funny that you say that because when you're talking earlier about the you know being in high school and listening to mostly mainstream music and then getting into alternative stuff in college. Um, I still, it's it's not like I have um, rejected everything mainstream, you know. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe there was a... Well, no, because you guys have done all different kinds yeah, of shows. Yeah. You did the, the show about Dylan, you did, you know, yeah. but then you had that great show about the replacements, and I'm thinking, I'm really jealous you guys have this big wide berth that you can really appreciate. Yeah, it's just funny because I, I, I think maybe when I was, maybe when I was in college, I probably had a couple of years where I was sort of like, you know, being that kind of like ultra snob, you know, yeah, like yeah. this is cool and that's not, right? And... uh you know, here I am with the uh, with your great uh, Sex Pistols mug yeah, here. Yeah, Girls coffee mug. Some, yep, drinking some coffee here. You know, and and that was sort of like when I discovered late, uh, you know, like '85 or something. When I discovered the punk bands from the late '70s, you yeah. know, that I I think I went through that same moment that maybe a lot of people did back then, which was sort of like this is cool and everything that came. Yeah, before it was, was not it was right? rubbish. Yeah, but then I <laughs> but then I came back around, and so um, so you know, I uh, even today. There's, you know, there's a lot of like pop music, mainstream music that I will like. I always just sort of judge it based yeah. on like, do I think it's a good song or not? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Hopefully I have, um, I, you know, I, I hope that I have, you know, enough experience or enough, uh, or, 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 you know, refined my, my ear enough that I can sort of, you know, decide whether or not it's good on some level, but it's all, you know, it's all, um, objective anyway. So Exa it's all yeah, like what exactly. people like or not, but, um, but yeah, one of the th the things I think is a joy of music is that like constant discovery, right? And so yes. I don't care if it's a hugely popular song or a song that's you know a band that's hardly anybody's heard of. It you know if you discover something that, that really connects with you, I think that's great. And yeah. and I and and one last thing on that is I really think with our show, um, one thing we just we don't want is to come off as music snobs. Like right. there's enough shows like that out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's enough you know places you can go for that kind of uh music commentary and what we really try to do is is you know look at all different genres all different kinds of music a great example of this i think it was our maybe our like our fourth episode and patrick says i want to do a show about madonna and that oh, like yeah. totally threw me i was like madonna like all the things we talked about that like never came up right and and i would say that you know i was never a big fan of madonna but i was like oh fine i'll give it a shot yeah and so what was really cool about that episode was he was you know confessing this how he's just loved madonna's music since you know the early 80s and then what i was doing because i hadn't really listened to her that much was i was in prep for the show going in and like listening to her stuff yeah and i was sort of like discovering hey there's you know quite a few songs here i really do like exactly and yeah. So, yeah so you know that's a great example of like there's a lot of you know great mainstream music it isn't all it there's nothing wrong with a band or an act being popular right in fact i've 
usually been on the side of I want the music I like to be popular. Yeah, like, I want people to like this music. What exactly. is wrong with that? Especially you know? nowadays, because if now more than ever, if the band isn't popular, they have no hope of making any money and staying in the oh, music yeah, business. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've ever been one of those people, or rarely been one of those people who's like that music's mine. Yeah, and you know it's only cool for like me and my friends to like it, and if anybody else likes it, it becomes lame. I've never right, subscribed right. to that. I, I was sort of uh, like that, but then a, a good example of where I started to turn away from that was when uh, Thompson Twins. Uh, after End of the Gap, uh, they released Here's to Future Days, which was not a great album, but I rooted those songs up the charts. So I, I predicted King for a Day would be their first mm-hmm. number one in America, and it was not. It's called <laughs> a 10. But, um, and then when OMD had If You Leave, even though I didn't like that song, I'm like, geez, of all the songs that get popular of theirs, you know, they have so many better songs. But I, like a trooper, I said, but I rooted it up the chart anyway. Yeah, that's the seven the, or that, four, I think. That's the only exception is when a band you really like becomes popular, but it's not, you don't feel it's really representative of their best work you know yeah exactly you know? yeah we talked about that just on the episode we did about um cheap trick with the song the flame yeah being yeah their only number one song and right it's like oh come on there's yeah. so many Perfect better example. songs that. Yeah. yeah yeah um and another thing is like you're saying with you know, things becoming popular nowadays it's like i don't i don't have a, a disdain for chart music at all look fangirl will stop by hi fangirl this hey. is that's fan, this is uh my oldest hannah we also call her fangirl hi. this is jim yes. from usa today oh, well, nice to meet you nice to meet you Nice sex pistols mug. That's yeah. fine. I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Thanks, fangirl. All right. She's supposed to review some concerts for us uh, in a couple of weeks, and we had, she's so busy she hasn't gotten around to it. But um, I, I listen to a lot of BBC Radio 1, mm-hmm. and a lot of the songs that you know end up on the chart there end up on the chart here. And, but again, the only problem I have is if, if I'm hearing it either there or here too much, then I'm kind of like, eh, I probably need to buy this. I'll hear it enough. So Right. Um, so uh, what's next for, for Dad Rock? I mean, is, is it kind of... Uh, do you... Do you think a lot about each episode and the theme or do you just kind of think well you know we're two guys we'll just talk about you know music and well you know that's a funny thing too when you start a podcast i don't know how what it was like for you when you start it you think like oh this won't take much time and we'll <laughs> just kind of do it on the side and you know like i said we're having these conversations anyway we'll just turn on the microphones right. and record right. it and then you find there's actually more to it than that and um and what we found is, in fact, we even, I think when we started it, we even talked about, let's just do it once every other week. So yeah. it's not, you know, too time consuming. And literally after we record the first episode, we were like, we're doing this every week. We love this. Yeah. But anyway, um, we have such a backlog of ideas for topics and interviews set up. We, you know, we started, once we got going, we started to reach out to um, bands that were coming through the DC oh, area. Yeah, yeah. We got them and st- we started getting people in studio. So that's really starting to, catch fire now because as we do that more then oh, you know, cool. we have access yeah. to more um, so we have interviews that we're working on lining up we have um, we have a lot of different topic ideas I mean we are so backlog it's amazing when we get um, listeners who tweet us and say you should do a show on topic X it's like it's a great idea we'll get to it we don't know when yeah. <laughs> but we will but um, and then the other thing too is what here's another interesting thing we found going back to when I was saying like at least for me, I kind of like reached this point where I assumed that like nobody around me was that into music right. anymore. What I, what we found has been such a pleasant surprise is people at USA Today, so many people at USA Today are coming out and saying like, oh, I'm like a huge fan of this particular band and I would love to be on the show and talk about it. And we're yeah. like, great. So we have like a huge list of people like that. We've actually, cool. we've also discovered a couple people who we didn't even know were in bands. Oh, you know, wow. Like yeah. bands about and it's like, cause again, it just yeah. doesn't come up. And so, uh, so we're going to have those folks on as guests and we love the idea of having, 
you know, other people talk just besides me and Patrick. Um, so we have a lot of that going on. I should mention too, part of the reason I'm in Cincinnati today is because uh, we were taking a family trip around yeah. this area. Uh, I used to live in Louisville, so we were down in Louisville. Oh, okay. And but while I was in Louisville, we went to the Forecastle Festival, which is a big. Oh yeah, music yeah. Festival we were going to try to go to that, but uh, it didn't work out. And while I was there. I took the opportunity to interview a bunch of bands that were playing at the festival, oh, cool. and so we have that episode uh, we just recorded. I recorded it by phone yeah. and sent all the you know the audio recordings of the interviews, and we recorded the thing by phone, and uh, that should be uh, posted soon too. Cool, so, yeah, yeah. And I guess with the success of the podcast and with uh, our rock solid uh, Pat Francis's podcast, there's a lot of you know folks our age are still interested in music more than you would you would probably think. That has been the greatest thing that's happened with this is how quickly the audience has grown. Um, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect, but what we found, uh, the you know, the, audi- the audience numbers have, have grown very quickly and just the um, feedback that we get from listeners, what we found is, yes, that we are filling that sort of niche. And what I think what we found is that a lot of people are in that same boat as us, which is I don't get to talk about music all the time like I used to. There just aren't as many people around it, around me interested in it and you know f- maybe for an hour a week something like that they can listen to us and sort of feel like they're hanging out with a couple of guys who you know share that same interest and i do think that it's more it is more acceptable i think maybe with our generation yeah to carry yeah, on that interest that's, that's you true know? yeah as you know parents that's right there was yeah. sort of like a feeling you know even if our parents my parents were a little bit older and kind of missed the whole like Beatles and Dylan and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that but just I, predated my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think even for like, for instance, um, you know, my wife's uh, parents are a little bit younger and maybe we're into that music, or even for some other folks I know. I think there still was a feeling of like, sort of like, at some point, you grow up and you become an adult. And, yeah, and that's stuff for the kids. You kind of leave that behind, and. For good or bad, I don't know. You tell me. We haven't had to do that so much. We Not can, so much. No. We can live more of an arrested development. Well, and the thing too, and I know your kids are into music. Having you know a daughter that's really into music, although maybe we did, she got that from us, or I don't know. Maybe it's just been a you know a cyclical thing. See, see you later, see you later, fangirl. And my youngest is now into music, and my wife is into music, not actively, but she, anything we, uh, Hannah and I expose her to, she's you know she's usually pretty into. So we have that, and it was funny because I had this conversation with Pat Francis and with April Richardson, one of his co-hosts. Is there's on the other side of the coin, there's a surprise that there's people throughout our lives, not even just now at our age, but that aren't really aren't music people. Like my some of my friends at college weren't music people, and, right. also, and this one guy told me next door he uh, he got into OMD because a lot of us were playing it on the floor, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I wasn't really into music before until I got to college." And I'm like, "Really? What did what did you do?" <laughs> just, that just shocks me to hear that. But I guess people feel the same way about it. if you tell them you're not into sports. You know, people say, "Oh, you're not into sports." Well, well what do you follow? And so yeah, that's right. Well, speaking, of, what else do you follow besides music? Do you, do you still follow sports and other things like that? Or I I do. I used to be a much bigger sports fan. That's the one probably area where life kind of took over like i just don't have the time to follow yeah. my teams the way i used to and and stuff like that you know uh but it's funny i have a i have an 11 year old son who's just a sports fanatic oh cool and so i get so that's actually become a really fun thing because i can sort of live vicariously right right in some yeah. way and sort yeah. of like be young again and oh, that's cool you know because another thing about sports too is with all the various controversies and yeah. scandals and all of that yeah. kind of stuff that's happened over the years you get kind of disillusioned as you get older exactly yeah but to be a kid again and feel have you know kind of experience his feelings about it is fun so that's really cool and um we go to a lot of uh washington wizards games 
Oh, cool. Um, and we're big fans, uh, big basketball fans in particular. So, and plus, I I um, lived in Louisville, and I went to Indiana University. So basketball is sort of a big oh, thing for go. me. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Well, cool, man. Well, I uh, appreciate you doing this today. Uh, I won't keep any further. I know you want to just with your family around town. Are you going to visit some of the museums and stuff here today? And you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do all today. It could just end up being a lazy day, which oh, okay. would be great because we've been on the road for like a week. Oh, that's, so great, that's, awesome. that's cool. Yeah. Well, terrific. Well, I uh, appreciate you stopping by and uh, continued success with uh, Dad Rock, of course. And yeah. we'll keep promoting that on our end. Yeah, thanks very much. People can uh, find us at dadrock.usatoday.com. Cool. And also on SoundCloud. Cloud, uh, let me yep. see, Twitter and iTunes, iTunes and Stitcher, TuneIn. Yep, all those places. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having all right. me, Jeff. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Jim Lenahan for taking time out of his family vacation to stop by in person to Podcast House and to be on the tape recorder. You can find Dad Rock on the USA Today podcast network. Probably the easiest way to find it, though, is uh, just the way you found this show. So either iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that. If you're listening to this on Podbean, I know there's like a handful of you that do, um, you would want to go to SoundCloud. It's probably the easiest way to find Dad Rock. If you're listening to to uh, Podbean, then you know SoundCloud is probably the easiest way for you to do that. You're probably listening on a desktop or other uh, device like that. So check it out, Dad Rock Podcast. It's really good, and uh, I'm finding a lot of kind of cool new music uh, that way too that uh, I didn't really know about either. It's kind of funny how that works out. I thought I was pretty up to date on new music, but then you got these guys, and they're off doing their thing, and they know a whole bunch of other stuff that that we don't know. So it's pretty cool. And let me see. You're gonna skip the credits this week because we're running a little bit late, but we do have time for the hottest record in the world. This is from a gentleman named Jonathan Tyler, and you may know him. Uh, he worked under the name Jonathan Tyler and the Northern Lights, but now he has a new album out, and due to contractual agreements, he can no longer use the Northern Lights part of the name, but uh, it's still cool stuff. It's uh, kind of rocky, bluesy, Texasy kind of stuff. Now, I listened to this whole album, and I like kind of the faster songs, but the, the single is a song called To Love Is To Fly, and he does it with... A, uh, I guess a friend of his and a gal that used to tour with him when he was Jonathan Tyler in Northern Lights. Her name is Nikki Lane. And uh, it's getting a lot of buzz right now. Rolling Stone really dug it. I think you're going to dig it too. This is the hottest record in the world. It's Jonathan Tyler along with his friend Nikki Lane to Love is to Fly on PSD Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. some bridges forget our names it's too noisy to tiptoe over the pain I'm helping on something I can't explain I'll wreck your car pull your keys in the river I'll break your
let you hide.